Good evening and welcome. We're glad that you're here tonight. We're glad that you're able to come back this evening to worship God in spirit and in truth. We appreciate so much those who are visiting. As always, we encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. It might be the case that you're going to be on the road traveling this week. We would encourage you to be careful. Our prayers are with you. We hope and pray that you'll have a safe return. Uh, if you are right now in the process of tra traveling and you're with us tonight, uh, we want you to know that uh, we're glad you're here, and we want you to leave here knowing that we're praying for your safety. Tonight we're going to be looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 in verse 18, the passage that was read a moment ago, where Paul in a very simplistic way says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. This is the week of thanksgiving. And many of us are going to be celebrating this holiday, a holiday that on many occasions is one that is rich with food and friends and family members, and we're grateful for the opportunity to pause in the middle of our busy lives and express thanks to God for all the things that He's done for us. Sadly, we live in a country in which many people forget to thank God on a daily basis. And so it takes an annual holiday to remind people to be thankful. As Christians, however, we ought to be thankful every day. And we ought to learn to be thankful. And there are a lot of reasons why we as God's people ought to be grateful for all that He has blessed us with. I want to begin tonight by talking about the dynamics of thanks or thankfulness to God. The dynamics of thankfulness to God. I want to begin by saying this. When you look at the scriptures, it's evident that we are commanded to live thankfully. The Bible often speaks of how we are to come before His presence with thanksgiving. In Psalm 95 at verse 2. In Psalm 100, the Bible says, Enter into His courts with thanksgiving. Into His courts with praise and be thankful to Him. Over and over again in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about being grateful to God. In the New Testament, the passage that was read a moment ago, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. I think about the words of Paul in Colossians chapter 3, in verse 15, when he simply said that we're to be thankful. In chapter 4, verse 2 of that same book, continue steadfastly in prayer, watching therein with thanksgiving. In Ephesians chapter 5, at verse 20, Paul said that we ought to be thankful always to God the Father in the name of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, a lot of passages that remind us to be thankful people. But I want to ask this question. I would freely grant that we're commanded to be grateful. But there ought to be a catalyst, there ought to be something that motivates us to be grateful. Just a moment ago we sang, Count your many blessings, it will surprise you what the Lord has done. It's one thing to be commanded to do something, it's another thing to do it because of a grateful heart. I think about the words of the psalmist in Psalm 103, in about verse 2, when he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits, or all of His blessings. In Psalm 116, he asked the question, 
What shall I render to the Lord for all His benefits toward me? That's a grateful heart, isn't it? So when you begin to think about all the great blessings and favors that God has bestowed on us, I understand the command to be grateful. But wouldn't it be better if, out of gratitude, a grateful heart, that we step back, reflect upon all the things that God has done for us, and simply ask the question, what can I render to the Lord for all of His great benefits or blessings toward me? And as the psalmist said, forget not all of His benefits, don't forget all of His blessings. Forgetfulness sometimes plagues a lot of us, doesn't it? Out of sight, out of mind. And so I want to encourage all of us tonight as we think about the dynamics of living a thankful life to remember that, yes, we're commanded to be grateful to God, but there ought to be a catalyst, there ought to be a motivating factor behind our gratefulness, and that ought to be really a grateful heart. You think about everything that God has done for you, and so, in that light, let me call attention in the second place to what I would call the dimensions of a thankful life. First, let me just very quickly talk about the source of all, our, all of our blessings. You know as well as I do that the psalmist said in Psalm 68, verse 19, Blessed be the Lord, who daily loads us with benefits or blessings. I think about the words of James when he said every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights. And then what about the Apostle Paul when he was on Mars Hill? You remember when he preached to the Athenian people? He said of God, it's in Him that we live and move and have our very being. He is the giver of all life, breath, and all things. God is the great source of all of our blessings. And so, how grateful we ought to be for everything that God has blessed us with. Every blessing that we enjoy in life comes from the same source, and that being Almighty God. Now, let me just talk for a minute or two about the sphere of some of those great blessings. Some of the blessings that we enjoy are what I would call incredible because we've been blessed immeasurably let me just run down some things that I believe we ought to be grateful for let me begin by saying that we ought to be thankful for our physical blessings read the New Testament read Matthew Mark Luke and John look at the number of people who were afflicted with various kinds of illnesses and diseases some people were deaf, some blind, some were paralyzed, some were lepers. One woman I think about, in Luke chapter 5, she had a blood disease, been battling that for 12 years, been to any number of doctors, and the Bible says her condition grew worse rather than getting better. So you look at all these different people in Scripture, and you think about all of their illnesses and diseases and problems. Many of those people enjoyed restoration of health from the Lord Jesus Christ. I say all that to simply say this. If you have the ability to walk, you are a blessed person. Did you know that? 
Ask Brother D.O. Brother D.O. was blowing and going and running from can to can, running his own business, and wide open, as we would say. And in just a very short period of time, began to be afflicted with some health problems that has now put him behind a walker. Hopefully and prayerfully, he will get his health back. But you think about the physical blessings that we often take for granted. The ability to walk. The ability to move our hands, to move our arms, to move our legs. The ability to see. The Bible talks about those who were blind and asked of Jesus for mercy. And he responded accordingly. If you have your vision, you are a blessed person. You might not be able to see as well as you once did, but if you can see, let me tell you what, you ought to be grateful to God. So I think about the ability to walk, to move our limbs, to use our vision, our hearing. Can you imagine what it would be like to be deaf, unable to hear a word? I've known some folks that, in terms of hearing, just don't have much. It can be a great disability. It can be a liability in many ways. If you have the ability to hear, you ought to get down on your knees and thank God. These are just some physical blessings that we enjoy, and so many times we take those blessings for granted, don't we? And I can assure you there are some people that have lost their health, and they'll tell you straight up. They will say to you, I didn't realize how blessed I was until I lost my health. Sometimes you lose it, you don't get it back. So I think about those great physical blessings in the realm of our physical health. What about our food and clothing and shelter? The ability to work and make a living. To earn a living so that we can put food on the table for our family. Have a roof over their head. In Acts chapter 14, the Apostle Paul talks about how God did not leave himself without witness. But that he has done good. He sent rain from heaven filling our hearts with food and gladness. Did you know that there are people in third world countries who will go to bed at night, every night, without very much to eat? Did you know that there are people all across this globe that have little or no access to any type of health care? So you start thinking about all of the physical blessings that we enjoy. Our food, our clothing, our shelter, our medical care. Think about the physical blessings of transportation, communication. These are just blessings that so many times we take for granted, don't we? How many of you own a cell phone? I remember when a cell phone was a precious commodity. I can remember when if you owned a cell phone, you were something special. They had those handheld phones that sat in the car. People would plug them in and use them. 
So if you had a telephone in your car, let me tell you, you were somebody. You were big time. Everybody has a phone today. I was watching Charlie the other day. Matter of fact, she had my phone. And let me tell you what, I watched that little girl, and I mean, she's flipping through, the, flipping through those pictures, and I thought, man, man, man. Not even two years old, but knows how to use a cell phone. I know Yvette lets her use hers. Danny probably does as well. But you think about how blessed we are to be able to communicate with somebody across the globe anytime, day or night. And then, not to mention our physical blessing, not to just mention those physical blessings, but what about, what about our social blessings? The Bible talks about the blessings of friendship. The Bible says that friendship is a very special thing. Matter of fact, Solomon talks a lot about friendship in Proverbs chapter 18. There's a friend that sticks closer to a brother. Do you have somebody that you can identify in your life as a friend? I think about the Apostle Paul. And there were many, many people that Paul spoke of as being his friends. Read Romans chapter 16 sometime. Paul had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with men like Barnabas. I think about his cohort, his cohort in the faith, Silas, Timothy. You think about all the friends that he had. And think about your friends and how grateful you ought to be for them. Someone said on one occasion, a friend is, whom, is one before whom I may think aloud. If you've got somebody that you can bear your soul to, who identifies himself or herself as a friend, you're a blessed person. What about your family members? Aren't you grateful for your family? The social interaction that you have with the family unit? In Psalm 127, the psalmist talks about the blessings of children. The psalmist said, Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. Children can bless your life. Why? Because, as Moses said in Genesis chapter 2, they are bone of your bones and flesh of your flesh. They are an extension of who you are. Do you have a faithful mate? A good wife? Solomon said, whoever finds a wife finds a good thing. In Proverbs 31, the inspired man said many, 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 many years ago, speaking of that woman whose price was far above rubies, he said, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Here was a godly woman standing beside her man. If you are a Christian husband and you've got a Christian mate, you ought to be grateful for that. You ought to thank God. You ought to tell her how much you thank, how much you're thankful for her. You ought to do it regularly. And then, what about all the blessings we enjoy nationally? Look, America's not perfect, is it? And there are a lot of passages of Scripture that we look at from a biblical perspective, and we think about how America's not what it once was, and I would agree. We have, we have fallen in many, many respects. America today is not the America that I remember as a child. 
But that being said, let me tell you, it's still the best place in the world to live. Do you agree? I don't want to go anywhere else to live. There's not some foreign nation that I would rather be living in today. I'm grateful for America with all of her blemishes and all of her injustices. I'm still grateful to live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Are you? Do you not believe that the Most High still rules in the kingdoms of men, gives it to whomsoever he will? Is it not a fact that we enjoy the blessings of freedom in this country because of a gracious God in heaven? We've been blessed. I know that Solomon said, righteousness exalts a nation. And there were people that laid the foundation for this country on biblical principles, on a deep and abiding respect for God. And maybe those ideals are not what they once were in the minds of many people, but still a great country. We have the freedom of religion. We can come to worship any time, day or night, without having to worry about being imprisoned. We don't have to worry about being killed, persecuted. Is that not a great blessing? The freedom of religion that we have? Think about those first century saints. How many of those people had to live underground? Read the book of Revelation. Here were people that were in the throes of persecution. Domitian was on, the, was on the throne and demanding that people honor him as Lord and God, paying him reverence as if he were deity. Many of those Christians were suffering. Some had been martyred. Others would be martyred. The Roman kingdom, the great power that she welded, and yet... Many of those Christians continued doing what? Worshiping God, serving God, preaching and teaching. Do you recall in Acts chapter 4 when Peter and John were called before the Sanhedrin council? Commanded not to speak nor teach in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said, we cannot but speak the things which we've seen and heard. Listen, they were willing to serve God in spite of persecution. Paul said, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. They were willing to suffer for their faith. We live in a country that affords us the blessing of worshiping God without fear. Now, we enjoy the freedom of religion. We have the freedom of speech. We have the freedom of press. Should we not be grateful for these things? The civil government ordained by Almighty God. And Paul said that we ought to pray for those who are in leadership positions. Why? That we might live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. In other words, if you're living in a free country, if you're living and allowed to worship and serve Almighty God, you ought to be grateful, shouldn't you? So those are some of the great blessings that we enjoy nationally. And then what about our spiritual blessings? Is there any way to adequately quantify the tremendous blessings that we have in Christ? I think about the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Writing about Jesus Christ, he said, Thanks be to God 
for his unspeakable gift. Where would we be without Jesus? The Bible says in Ephesians 1 verse 7, that it's in him that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 16, the Bible says that God has reconciled both Jew and Gentile in one body unto God through the cross. We have the opportunity to enjoy liberation from sin. We can be forgiven people, can't we? Whatever is in our past, the Bible tells us God has the ability, the willingness to forgive. So when we come with an obedient heart and are baptized into Christ, the assurance is all of our sins are washed away, just like they were 2,000 years ago on Pentecost Day in the city of Jerusalem. That same message is operative today. What they preached then is still in force today. We preach the same message, don't we? A message of redemption, reconciliation. We've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. We're reconciled in the body of Christ. We're blessed. In Ephesians 1.3, Paul talks about how every spiritual blessing known to man is in Christ. If you're in Christ, you're a rich person. The Bible speaks of a man by the name of Gaius in 2 John, or rather 3 John. And John said, Beloved, I pray your wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Gaius may not have had good health. Economically speaking, he might not have been very well off. But the Bible says his soul was prospering. And if you're in Christ Jesus, you enjoy an abundance of blessings. You think about you've been pardoned from sin. And you have the privilege of prayer to Almighty God. You can go before His throne day or night, seven days a week, and make your wants and wishes known. Are you filled with anxiety, the cares of life, the worries of life? Are there things that weigh you down in life? As a child of God, do you not have the right, do we not have the right to go before God and lay it before His throne? Yes, we do. What was it Paul said? In nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication, listen to him, and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Can I go before the throne of God and make known to Him my fears, my cares, my hurts? The answer is yes. Can I do so with a thankful heart? Yes, I can. Because in spite of some of the things that go on in my life, in your life, some of the things that we might look at as a burden, as heartache, we still have so much to be grateful for. So as a pardoned child of God who has the privilege of prayer, and oh, by the way, who has the presence of God in life, to know that wherever you go on planet earth, guess what? God is by, your, is by your side. In Psalm 139, if you're not familiar with that psalm, I would encourage you to read it and study it and think about it. Because the psalmist talks about the fact that God is omniscient. He knows everything, doesn't he? And the psalmist said, speaking of God, he said, You know my thought, my thought from afar off. He would say, there's not a word on my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know it all together. 
Whatever is on your heart, God knows it. And then he talks about his presence, the fact that God is omnipresent. So wherever you are in life, guess what? The Lord is there. Good times, bad times, the joys of life, the frustrations of life, in happy times, in bad times, whatever, God is there. Do we have something to be grateful for? The answer is yes, absolutely. There's a third thing I want to share with you in our study. We talk about the dynamics of a thankful life, the dimensions of a thankful life, and then thirdly, the duration of a thankful life. Listen again to what Paul said, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. I want to begin by saying, remember to be grateful to God. Remember to be thankful, grateful to God in heaven. Paul is reminding his readers, people who are members of the body of Christ, to live a thankful life. And really the idea is, you think about everything that God has done for us. As I said earlier, the catalyst behind our willingness to be grateful to God, all of His rich blessings. The song that Brother Billy led, it's true. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I want to just add to this very quickly. We talk about remembering to be grateful to God. I want to add to that to regularly be thankful to God. Regularly be grateful to God in heaven. This morning we talked about Psalm 119. When the psalmist said, it is good for me to be afflicted. Sometimes you don't realize how blessed you are until tough times come. And I understand that there are times in life when literally we feel weighed down by the burdens, the problems, the heartaches, the sorrows, the trials, the tribulations of life. I get that. But out of all of those negative things that we face on a daily basis. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Every day, I would encourage you to start tonight. Every morning, every evening, sit down and write out, maybe keep a journal, and write out one thing you're grateful for. One thing. Do that for a solid year. You don't have to write down 10 things, 20 things. Just take one thing that you're grateful for. It might be your spouse. It might be your children. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your health. Whatever it might be, every day sit down and identify one thing that you're thankful for. Over the course of the year, what it's going to help you do is to become more attuned to the blessings of this life. There are things that go on around us on a daily basis and sometimes we're absolutely oblivious to it. Let me give you an example. If you've ever been shut in for any period of time, 
unable to get outside the house. And then, as health permits, you're afforded the opportunity to go outside. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, the flowers are in full bloom. You know what it makes you do? It makes you give thanks to God in heaven for adorning this world in such beauty. Now you say, that's a little thing. Yes, it is. It's a little thing. But it's a special thing to enjoy the handiwork of God, His creation. So I want to challenge you tonight. Over the course of the next year, get you a journal. Get you a notebook. And every day, write down one thing that you're grateful for. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 5 in verse 20. If you don't have it marked, I would encourage you to mark it in your Bible. Listen, if you would, to what Paul says to the saints in Ephesus. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Underline that part, giving thanks always. And then make a notation for all things. There is something we can all be grateful for every single day to be thankful people. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we're, we're so thankful for the blessings that we enjoy in this life. We're grateful for the simple things of life, things that so often we take for granted. We're grateful to live in such a beautiful world, clothed in such beauty. We're grateful for Jesus who died for our sins. We're thankful for forgiveness, the hope of heaven. And Father, we express Gratitude for every blessing we enjoy. We're so thankful. And we pray that we would never forget all of the blessings that we enjoy in Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, as always, we want to invite you to come to Christ. You might ask the question, what would you need to do? Well, first you need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God because Jesus said, except you believe that I'm He, you'll die in your sins. And Jesus said, if you die in your sins where I am, He said, there you cannot come. And then to be willing to repent of all of your sins, turn away from a life of sin. To confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that Jesus is exactly who He claimed to be, the Son of God. And then to be immersed in water so that all your sins can be washed away. To enjoy liberation, redemption through the blood of Christ. The Bible tells us that when you do that, God will add you to the church. You'll be a part of the redeemed, the cleansed. You'll be a part of the body that God has promised to save, Ephesians 5, verse 23. If you're here tonight and your life is not what it ought to be and you need the prayers of the church, look, we'd be happy to pray with you and for you. The full assurance that God will abundantly pardon. And we invite you to come as we stand and sing tonight.